Pod Warriors are back. We had people questioning our uh, our demise, man. It's been a little bit of a break. Life has been hectic, but we are back with another edition of me and Jordan's special side project of the Chick Foley Show. Jordan, what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, we're like uh, Andre the Giant. We're just a special attraction, just here once every couple months just to entertain the people, and then we disappear into the fucking darkness and get hammered every weekend. So uh, we're back. We'll... Uh, We'll try to do better. It's just life's been busy. Um, life's good, man. I, I can't complain. I mean, we have health and we have beer and it's almost Christmas. So, yeah, dude, shit's good. Wrestling's been really good also, man. It's uh, it's those dang families, dude. You know what I mean? We should just ditch our families and just focus on potting all the time. You know, it's tough being being engaged parents and also try to have a whole, whole second job doing this podcasting gig. Yeah, I mean, I don't think ditching our families is going to do anything good for us. I mean... Could it be a little bit more quieter on the house? Yeah, but dude, I, I've told you before, I'd be a fucking lonely man if uh, my family wasn't here. I don't know what I'd really do, honestly. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. Couldn't trade it for for the world. Uh, let's quickly get the plugs out of the way. Rem- remind you guys, visit chickfoley.com for all things chickfoley. Follow my beautiful wife, Sheena, at chickfoley on Instagram. And make sure you guys are following the Pod Foundation to stay up on all the rest of the shows in our network. Use code chickfoley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. And let's get into our topic for this week. The Pod Warriors are going to Hollywood. We're going to be talking about um, wrestlers in movies and wrestling movies. So Jordan, kind of just give me like the broad strokes, man. What, what's your overall take on how Hollywood and pro wrestling have interacted over the years? So, I mean, obviously 80s and 90s, they weren't coming out with 10 movies a week like they are now. So um, it didn't affect as much of our wrestling life as it does now. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of big stars go Hollywood. And I mean, some of them have never come back. I mean, The Rock has never really come back other than the the one uh, year blip when he came back and won the title with CM Punk and stuff. But yeah, man, it, it, it does affect the wrestling world. It, it was I always used to love seeing um, guys do cameos in movies and stuff. I thought it was really cool. It's definitely a different era now because, I mean, a lot of these guys are like the leading person in these movies. Like mentioned The Rock, Cena, Batista is a huge movie star now. It's it's crazy, man. It's just it's really kicked up a notch in the last 20 years. So, yeah, it's fun to watch, though. Yeah, I enjoy seeing wrestlers foray out into Hollywood, whether it's TV or movies. It's just always fun seeing them in a different uh different sort of media as far as pro wrestling movies though i gotta say historically it's a thumbs down for me man i feel like pro wrestling is already such a theatrical thing that it's kind of hard to really make it compelling as as a movie you know yeah i get that i mean we'll get into some of the movies here tonight but it's just it's definitely a mixed bag i'll say that i mean you can only do so much with some of these movies that we're going to talk about tonight. And, uh, yeah, I still enjoy it, but I get the, um, critical thinking on it. So, all right. So we're going to divide the show up into two parts. We're going to start off by talking about wrestling movies, and then we're going to move into wrestlers in movies. So, uh, first up on the lineup is ready to rumble. This was probably, like the seminal wrestling movie for kids of the attitude era, like us, uh, Jordan, give me your takes on the, uh, the WCW classic. So this is a hundred percent my favorite wrestling movie. I just, I loved watching this growing up. I loved everyone that was in it. Um, Jimmy King was the the main character, which was not a real wrestler, but dude, I thought this movie, they actually did a good job portraying wrestling. Um, I mean, obviously, the majority of it's based around real WCW, so um, they had that going. But I loved this movie, and I actually went back and watched this a couple weeks ago, and I still think it's good. I mean, it's nothing like you're not going to get an Oscar or anything for this movie, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Just total campy, like, B-movie vibes. I I felt like, um, you know... David Arquette and uh, and Scott Kahn, they, they did a really good job there in the lead roles. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, the King, Jimmy King, was a, was a great fictional character also. I will say, 
you know, the fact this movie came out in 2000, it's weird that there was zero NWO, um, you know, presence at all in the movie. What, what do you attribute that to? I don't know, man. You did say this came out in 2000. So WCW was on its dying days at this point. Um, it, so, I, I mean, it released in 2000, but I got to figure this thing was, uh, had to have been getting recorded in like, you know, 98, 99, right? Yeah, but they still focused on the main stars if you look at it. Like, I mean, Sting was in it. Goldberg was in it. Like DDP. They, I, yeah, uh, Psycho Sid was in it. Like, they focused on the main stars. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I, I get what you're saying. I... I don't know, man. Maybe Hogan wanted all the money and they were like, eh, now nah, we're good on that. So I don't know, man. It, it is a little weird, but I still like this movie a lot. And this movie's most notable to me that we got another appearance from that, uh, the dreaded Triple Cage from Unforgiven 1995 there in the, the big battle at the end of the movie. I'm not going to lie. In this movie, like, the triple cage has a place and it's in a movie. It's not in a wrestling ring. So I didn't mind it in the movie sense because they can obviously do different things with it when it's in a movie. It's like a cinematic match, right? Like they can pause it and do different things with it. So I didn't mind it in the movie. I, uh, you know, not to totally sidebar into it. I like the triple cage as a structure. It was just the one match that we got with it was so just boneheadedly stupid where it's, you know, Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man versus like nine heels. Yeah, that match is really bad. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a cool, it's a cool uh, concept, but not well executed in the wrestling world. All right, up next, we're going to go with the uh, the auteurs, uh, you know, the big art film on this one, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Jordan, what's your thoughts on this one? So we have a, a theater in town. It, it used to be like just famous because it was just an old theater. It was run down, but they would only show like two movies. And The Wrestler was actually one of the movies that they got, which was like it didn't come out in any other theaters in Omaha. So we went and saw this on a Saturday. It was a matinee. Um, the theater was a complete shithole, but I love this movie, dude. Mickey Rourke is such a... He, I like him as an actor, but him as a wrestler was just so believable to me. His uh, portrayal of Randy the Ram, I just thought was just really well done. And I mean, there's a ton of wrestlers scattered throughout this movie, but I love this movie. I actually have seen this quite a few times, even since the first time I watched it. Yeah, it's it's excellent, man. Um, after going to a few WrestleCons and StarCast, like it kind of hits different because... Yeah you could see the life that Randy the Ram was leading being the life of some of these guys who, you know, were maybe were never, you know, on top for five or six years, but had a brief run where they were a superstar. Um, Cause you know, that's just, you, we see these guys on TV. We think they're larger than life, but a lot of these guys, especially back in the eighties, weren't making a ton of money. So you're not really going to make enough to live, you know, live a comfortable life the rest of your days especially if you're like this guy, which, you know, seemed to seem to have some issues pissing away some of his money. Um, but just a hell of a performance, man. Um, really kind of captured that kind of C-level wrestling scene that, you know, is out there on the indies and some of the various small cons and stuff. Um, I want to ask you this, Jordan. Who do you think he was based upon? There's a few different theories out there. Who do you think Randy the Ram was based on? So the original thing that I had heard, which I, I mean, the original thing I heard was, uh, was kind of an ultimate warrior base just because of a lot of the things he did in that movie. I don't really see that. I mean, I don't know how, what you had heard, but that's what was my original, what I had heard about it. So I was, I, I guess I should have specified, I was talking more like the actual, like human side of it. Like, cause um, I, had, I had read that it was a little bit of a mix of Jake, the snake and Jimmy Superfly Snooka as mm. far as, uh, like the personal, you know, struggles and everything that he was dealing with. It's a sad movie, man. This is definitely not a movie you watch when you're feeling down. Like, dude, it is really sad watching him go through everything. And I mean, wrestling was the, eventually the thing that was his demise. So yeah, it's just, uh, there's a lot of feelings when you're watching this movie. I mean, it, it is an excellent movie, really good portrayal, like Seth said, of somebody that's on the indie circuit, maybe got big for a little while and then just kind of just did wrestling because it was all he knew. Yeah, Darren Aronofsky is a great, great director, and this is an awesome movie. So if you're out there listening and you got a significant other or maybe just a good friend who does not like wrestling at all, but you kind of want to introduce them a little bit to the world, this is definitely an avenue because – 
you know, you definitely do not have to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this movie. Yeah, 100%. It, it's just a great movie. So, yeah, I definitely recommend this one highly. Would you say this is the best wrestling movie ever made? I think this is probably one of the best portrayals of like a wrestler in the early 90s, like how hard the road was and stuff like that. Um, as far as like, yeah, this is probably the best actual movie based around a wrestler. I think this is probably the best portrayal of it. Yeah, same. Not not to kind of, uh, you know, blow our load here in the first 10 minutes of the uh, podcast. But yeah, I agree 100%. This is definitely, uh, definitely the best one. Let's go to Fighting With My Family. Did you get around to watching this one yet? You don't got to lie if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance I, to check I did it not, out dude. Yet. So th- it wasn't streaming for free. Sunday night we were going to watch it and I was like, dude, I ain't paying four bucks for this. I'll just let Seth carry this one. <laughs> now nah, I feel you. So this was the movie based off uh, Paige, aka Soraya, in AEW. Now, um, you know she she grew up in the wrestling biz. Her parents were like, yeah, I, I don't think she's listening to the show. So I'll just be blunt. Her parents were like hardcore carnies. Had her out wrestling at like fourteen years old. Um, and the movie kind of sugarcoats that. If you really read up on Paige's life, like I don't think her family has always had her best interests and been super supportive. And I think that's kind of shown itself to be true over the years. Um, they kind of, This was kind of like the, the Disney Channel version of Paige's life, though. It is a fun movie. I think it really suffered. It came out in 2018. So at that point, you know, we've already seen some... Paige already had some other video releases outside of uh, WWE confines, wow. if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I just think it kind of killed it. Because this, this is totally a family film, right? This is like a feel-good family story. It, the movie, you know... It's it's been out for four years, so you know. Spoiler alert: If you were planning on watching Fighting with My Family this weekend, the movie basically culminates with her winning the women's championship the night after WrestleMania 30. So it's feel good family movie all the way around. It's produced by The Rock, um, but I just think the timing of it was just weird between the time they made it and the time it came out. Paige had a whole host of controversy. She had her whole deal with Alberto Del Rio and her entering career was already over by the time this came out. So um, just kind of a star cross type of production, but it, it is a little bit of fun. Um, if you're in the mood for, for a wrestling movie, uh, Jordan, if you could pick another woman, uh, another female wrestler right now uh, to have a, like a biopic made over, who would you go with? I mean, I would have to go with Charlotte Flair. Like, I, I got to imagine some of the stuff behind the scenes with when her dad was, I mean, working with WWE and she was on her way up. I, I got to imagine there was a lot of politics behind the scene for her. Um, and I, I just think that would be a really interesting story to tell. Um, the fact that she even went into wrestling after all the stuff that she had seen growing up. And I mean, it's no secret. They, they made no bones about it. Her dad was a piece of shit growing up. So it's a. Uh, I think that would be an interesting one to watch. I got two choices. You can tell me which one. Uh, you know, we'll pretend we're on Shark Tank. Tell me which one you're going to fund the production of. So I, I got a you know a happy one and a dark one. So for the happy one, I think Becky Lynch's story could be pretty mm-hmm. cool. She's had a very interesting career path. You know, she was an indie wrestler in Ireland, had a little bit of success, not a whole lot, and then actually took seven years off. She was a flight attendant in her uh, kind of seven year hiatus she had from the ring. And then comes back and just slowly but surely organically gets over and ends up being one of the biggest stars in the industry. So I think that could be really fun. Or if you want something more in line with like the wrestler, I think China had a story that's definitely worth telling kind of the rise and just really, really unfortunate fall of China because... Dude, you go back to the Attitude Era, it's Austin and The Rock, and China may have been the third most over uh, member of the roster for a time there. You know, it's kind of like she was right on that next tier with like Undertaker and Kane and Mankind. Um, she was getting huge pops all through 98 and 99, and then it all unraveled in a very, very ugly way and very, very fast. And I just think that could be a, uh, could make for a really, really, you know, sad, sad movie, but I think it could be good with the right, you know, director and cast. So, so what do you think, Jordan, if you had to, uh, if you're funding one of those movies, man, what are you going with? I would love to see a China movie. The problem is, man, there's been so many shitty things said about her since her death. I, I just don't know if I could get behind that, honestly. Like, I, I would pick Becky out of these two just because, dude, I don't I don't want to see a movie where anything bad is said about China. Because, I mean, you, you just don't speak ill about the dead. I mean, granted, she probably did some things that 
probably shouldn't have done, but I, I don't know, man. I just don't want to hear about that. No, I feel that. It definitely would not be a feel-good story. There's, there's not a happy ending to the, uh, the China story. Uh, let's go on to a movie that Jordan expertly recommended to me, Peanut Butter Falcon. Tell us about this one, Jordan. This movie, if you have not seen it, is just a phenomenal movie. I, you can take the wrestling part out of it. It's still a phenomenal movie. This, is, to me, is one of Shia LaBeouf's best movies. It's really sad um, how much money this movie made because it, it just it did not go over at all in the theaters. Um, it's about a... Um, what's the best way to word this, Seth? Uh, he's just challenged, you know, he's a bright guy, but he does have down syndrome. So he's got, you know, he's got some challenges ahead of him, but goes yeah, other, and other, you know, a, a, he's a bright young adult, but he does have down syndrome and his family's basically given up on him and put him in a state home. And, uh, he wants to become a wrestler. Um, he goes to a wrestling school. God, I know the name of the wrestling school is awesome too. Isn't it like Sweetwater? Saltwater Redneck. Yeah. That, it's just Seth finally watched it this weekend, which I was shocked that he hadn't seen this because this seems like a movie that's right up him and Sheena's alley because I know them really well, obviously. Um, and yeah, he texted me and said it was, he loved it. It, it is just a really good feel good movie. So um, yeah, definitely check this one out. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It's almost like a, a Mark Twain style tale dude, about these two kind of rogue outlaw types that, you know, meet up and got to go on this journey, which I love a good road trip movie, right? Like a good road trip or, or you know, journey movie because it's always moving. You know, it, it's always some new challenge or something else going on. Um, it's a beautiful, it was beautifully, beautifully shot, right? The cinematography is awesome. It's in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, a place I'm very, very fond of. And uh, and yeah, it all culminates with these guys getting to the, the saltwater redneck wrestling school. I mean, if that doesn't hook you as a wrestling fan, I don't know what will. Saltwater redneck is such a badass name. Like, I think next time I create a player on a for like career mode on WWE 2K, that's going to be my name. Um, but I loved it. Awesome performance by Shia LaBeouf, and it's got some really fun wrestling cameos as well. Yeah, when they're like the name of the movie, obviously doesn't make sense when you start watching it. But when they they get into it and they start telling you how he came up with his name, it's it's pretty funny scene. So I, I definitely recommend this one. Yeah, Peanut Butter Falcon, two thumbs up. It's uh it's on Amazon right now for free. If uh if you're listening, this is uh you know we do make these to be timeless, but it is. November 1st, 2022, as I'm recording this. So no promises. Yeah, get on Amazon. <laughs> What's that? No promises. It's still there when you listen. Yeah. For month to month, the shit shifts all over dude. Like I, uh, my, my daughter is obsessed with the Grinch, the, the animated one from 2018. And it's, I think she's watched it on like every streaming service available. It just keeps bouncing around from month to month. So pretty annoying, but you know, that, that's life in 2022. Um, let's go to Nacho Libre. I, I know I'm about to, you know, create a, a, do a wrestling sin right here. I have never watched this movie. So the, I'm going to say this about this movie. It, it definitely is wrestling related. It is not a great movie. Um, this is one of those movies where you watch it one time and that's probably enough for you. I mean, it, it definitely has some good one liners in it, but basically what it is, is, uh, Ignacio or Nacho is his name. It's Jack Black. Um, he's just a cook in a monastery in Mexico. And um, he, he really loves wrestling and ends up pursuing his dream to be a luchador. And it, it's just a really good movie. I'm not going to give a ton away about this movie, but it is really funny. Um, like I said, it, it ha- it's a one-time watch and you're good, but it, it's a good movie. I like Jack Black as like a supporting actor, man. I don't love him as, as like the star of the show. You know what the crazy thing is, too, is this movie actually did really well in theaters. Like, I, I never knew it did this well. It made $80.2 million in theaters. Yeah, it was a hit, man. It was definitely a hit. Like I said, it was kind of peak Jack Black. I think 2006 or so is when this came out. And, yeah, people were all about it. But uh, I don't know. just never really captured my attention. Um, one we want to touch on briefly before we hit the beverage break is Body Slam. So this was, you know, a pro wrestling movie from the 80s. I... I just want to mention it because I just remember, I honestly don't even really remember the plot of this movie because it's been probably 20 something years since I've seen it. But I just remember this thing always being on HBO and like the movie channel and which I don't even know if that's even a thing anymore. And just being so excited, like when I'd stay at my grandma's and and it would come on TV just to see like Roddy Piper and Ric Flair and stuff in a movie, man. It was so, uh, it was just 
just so intriguing to me. Uh, do you remember Body Slam at all, Jordan? I remember it after you showed me the cover. I, again, I don't remember what it's about either, but I do remember seeing this movie just because, like like you said, when we were kids, whatever was on the movie channel, that's what we were going to watch. So I, I remember seeing it, but man, it's been a long time since I've actually seen this movie. So could could really be about anything, honestly. So we talked about the if we could book, you know, or if we could get made a, uh, a a women's wrestling movie, if you could kind of make any wrestling movie, man, like biopic or, you know, a, a movie recreation of some famous event, <coughs> excuse me, what would you go with, Jordan? Um, man, I didn't know you were going to ask me. I got something in mind, man, where you, you wanted to chew it over. It. I, I think we should get, like, uh, the movie of The Click. I'm thinking, like, 95 to like 97 like wwf and wwe kind of i'm thinking it's like almost like uh like goodfellas style you kind of just go back and forth with these just different scenes throughout the time period um showing their kind of rise to power backstage in wwe and then how hall and nash went to wcw and took that over and i think the kind of natural climax of the film would be the montreal screw job when you know sean ultimately won his power struggle with bret hart at survivor series 97 and I think if she's had a badass director and a really good cast, I think that could be just a really, really good movie. Uh, The one thing that comes to mind, honestly, and me and you have talked in a a lot of times about this guy, it just never really has done it for me and it's never really done it for you. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, just how that six month thing happened where the crowd literally just got him over enough to where they had to give him a title shot. I mean, it is pretty incredible when you when you look back at it because Batista was one hundred percent coming back to win the title, and man, just to get get the crowd behind you that much to get you that far is pretty incredible. Definitely a guy that you would not predict to get that either, just because of um, his size and everything like that. So, not my favorite moment ever, but I think it would still be cool to see a movie on it and a lot of backstage stuff. So. We got some exciting stuff on the way. You know, Chris Hemsworth is going to be Hulk Hogan in a, in a Hulk Hogan biopic here at some point. And that movie's slated to be directed by Todd Phillips, which yeah. is the guy who did The Hangover and did The Joker. So, I mean, I think that's going to be pretty dang good. What do you think about that one, Jordan? That should be really good. Dude, Chris Hemsworth is just, he's a really good actor. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of Marvel movies. So, um, that's really where he got going was when he became Thor. So, He's perfect for Hulk Hogan, dude. He's jacked and he'll do a great job with it. You know, there was talk, you know, Todd Phillips and Bradley Cooper are are really tight as well. And there was talks for a while about possibly doing a Vince McMahon biopic with Bradley Cooper playing God, like dude. young Vince McMahon. So I'm assuming all that's probably on hold right now. I think Vince is pretty much toxic as like a commercial asset at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're getting a Vince McMahon movie. And I don't think Bradley Cooper is tying his name to that at this point either. No, not at least for another. It, it'll have, at this point, I think it'll have to be like after Vince passes away, just so you know nothing else is coming out, right? You hope nothing else comes out. I mean, dude, at this point, again, it's November first, twenty twenty-two. I thought we were going to have some other smoking gun come out by now. I mean, that was what that was early July, right? When he got fired or stepped down or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. So, dude, the more that I mean, we're going off the rails here, but. Dude, I think a lot of this stuff was launched internally. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I just, I kept, whenever it happened, I was thinking like, okay, there's about to be something just really despicable that comes out in the news here in another week or so. And it just never happened, you know? So, I don't know. I guess he was, he was all about them NDAs, man. Yeah, he definitely did a lot of non-disclosures. So, there's probably another <laughs> 500 out there. That we'll never get to hear about, unfortunately. When he dies, though, I mean, do those things just go away? I, dude, believe it or not, man, no one has ever asked me to sign an NDA about anything, so I really couldn't say. Well, obviously, you're not getting an NDA. I'm just saying, do you know if they go away <laughs> when you die? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some that are like, you know, have an expiration date, and I'm sure there's some that where you got to take that shit to the grave, man. But uh, yeah, we'll see if there's anything else out there on uh, on Vinnie Mac. Let's hit the beverage break. Hi, Reggie. 
kicking off the uh, the beverage break on a bit of a somber note again, November 1st, 2022, which means that this is literally the day that we found out that takeoff from Migos was shot dead over a freaking dice game in Houston, man. Like I really, you know, I'm a little bit of a nihilist at this point. I kind of just accept anything that happens in the world and just assume that it's a shitty place once it gets much farther from my little bubble of my friends and family. Um, but this one just really stuck with me, man. The fact that he was 28 years old, he's probably got more money than he was going to be able to spend the rest of his life. And it was a stupid dice game that apparently from all accounts, he wasn't even part of like the argument that started the gunfire. He was just there, man. Like this one out of all the celebrity deaths that have happened in the last year or so, this one really hit me hard, man. Like just bummed me out. Yeah, dude. When I woke up this morning and read that, I was, uh, that just sucks, man. I mean, obviously I'm a huge Falcons fan. So, uh, I mean, these guys are a huge part of Atlanta, so it, it really sucks. I mean, and yeah, like you said, over a dice game, man, this dude had his whole life left to live. 28 years old, man. That's just sad. I did trigger warning for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, man. I wouldn't seek it out. But oh, God. I was just as, as I was scrolling the feed, I saw that video yeah, it's bad. of him on the ground and with Quavo standing next to him. And a lot of people don't know Quavo is his uncle, man. Yeah. So that's his nephew. Like, but they really grew up more like brothers. Um, dude, it's just, it's I just couldn't sad, even dude. imagine. It's yeah, I, I I used to be a gigantic hip hop fan. I'm talking like I like rap music was a about as big a part of my life as wrestling is now. That's how big of a part like hip hop was in my life. Um, and I kind of started to get out of it and get more back to my country roots right around the time that Migos was coming out and stuff. But anytime I would hear any of their stuff, I always dug it. I was a big fan. I thought it was super, super cool when they came out with RK Bro at day one earlier this year. Um, it's just a bummer, dude. Again, not to go on too much of a, uh, a departure, but we had to speak on it, man. I was asking Jordan what we should do for the uh, the the beverage break song for this week since we're kind of off Kanye um, probably forever. Uh, for stuff we're not going to get into on this show. Um, but he said Migos, and it was a great pick, man. So I just felt it was time to to reflect, and uh, and, and we'll dedicate this one to uh, to Takeoff, man. So, so Jordan, what are you drinking in honor of Takeoff tonight? In honor of Takeoff and it being uh, November 1st, I went with a Christmas beer tonight. I went with, uh, it's from Rogue Brewery in Portland, Oregon. It's called Santa's Private Reserve 2022. Um I look for this every year, and for some reason, I just can't find it. Um, this year, I was lucky enough to track down quite a few four-packs, so I actually picked one up for you and Sheen, too, so that way you guys could try it. Um, it is a really good beer. It is a stout with uh, natural tahini, uh, tangerine, and chocolate flavors, so it's definitely mm. a good beer. Um, if you're into that kind of stuff, I mean, Christmas beers always hit good for, good for me, so yeah, I was, I was really happy to get this one. Dude, I used to hate stouts, but I, over the last year, I don't know if it's just uh, I'm becoming more of an alcoholic or my palate is developing. I've really started to enjoy stouts, man, a, a lot more to the point where, like, I've been drinking a lot of Guinness lately, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was never big into stouts either. I saw this was a stout and I almost passed on it. And then I was like, dude, I've looked for this every year and I can never find it. So I had to buy it this year. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm really trying to get over my... Uh, my negative like prejudices against just beer types. Cause I was the same way. If I saw something was a stout, I was like, nah, not happening. If I saw it was like a Berlin or Weiss, I was like not happening, but now I'll try anything. If it's got a decent description and some cool can art, I'll get it. Um, I'm getting into the Memphis beer scene. I'm drinking an animal frequency, which is a hazy IPA. It's by Crosstown Brewing, which is right here out of Memphis. So it's, I don't think Memphis is even holding a candle to the Norfolk and Virginia beer scene, but there are some good breweries around here. And uh, this is one I definitely enjoy. It uh, it hits hard, man. It's just, it's 6.5 ABV, but it still sips pretty easy. So I should be feeling pretty good for the second half of this podcast. You ready to get into it, Jordan? Hell yeah. All right. So we are moving past wrestling movies. I'm actually a little bit more excited for this one. Let's talk about wrestlers in movies. And we're going to kick it off with kind of the, uh, I wouldn't say he's the pioneer because wrestlers been in movies for a long time, but this guy definitely took it to a level it hadn't been to before. Hulk Hogan, the one and only, the immortal one. What is your favorite Hulk Hogan movie, Jordan? Probably going to have to go Mr. Nanny. 
<laughs> no, um, <laughs> I mean, there, there's not a ton of great ones for me personally. I just, I don't, I mean, you obviously know my feelings about Hulk Hogan, but I would probably go for me. It'd probably be Rocky three, honestly. Um, just cause I saw that movie so many times growing up. Yeah. Thunderlips was iconic. I could honestly see that being a STCC exclusive from Mattel at some point, like a Rocky figure and a, a Thunderlips figure. That seems like something they would do, right? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, dude, they're, they're going to pump out as much Hulk Hogan merch as they can until he does something else stupid. So, yeah, I do like no holds barred. Like it's not a quality movie by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we started off the show talking about the wrestler as far as like cinematic quality goes. It's about as far on the other end of the spectrum of the, as you can get from the wrestler. But it's fun to me. It's just good 80s action movie fun. Hulk is always charismatic, even if he's not a great actor. A lot of times the charisma just skips off the scene. But that's not my favorite one. I love Suburban Commando, dude. Oh, yeah. I I was enchanted with that movie as a kid. The moment I saw the WWF magazine article about it, I was like, we're going to see that in the theaters first weekend. And I remember my grandpa actually took me to go see it. Um, and, and I enjoyed it, dude. You know, Shep Ramsey, the Suburban Commandos in there. You got The Undertaker as one of the bounty hunters. Uh, I just think it's a great movie. That was really the last like big budget movie that Hulk really got. I think that was kind of, you know, they pulled the plug on his career after that. He was in stuff, like you said, like Mr. Nanny and, uh, you know, Three Ninjas Escape from Magic Mountain or whatever it was called. So, yeah, I, uh, I even though that was like the death knell for his career, really, I would go with... Uh, I go with Suburban Commando, my favorite. And Chef Ramsey is my most wanted, like, Hollywood wrestling figure. Is, is there, can you think of any, like, cinematic wrestling figures you would, uh, that you want, Jordan? Um, no. I, I can't think of any off, off the top of my head. I think Jimmy King would be absolutely awesome, though, dude. If, yeah. if we got a Jimmy King figure, I think that'd be so cool. Yeah, Jimmy King would be great. Maybe if it it'd be tough to do it with the Marvel license, but if we could get like Batista in elite form as Drax, that yeah. would be pretty awesome. That would be really tough to get though, because uh, Marvel has the Legends deal already, so I highly doubt yeah. they would let them do it. And the Marvel Legends Drax is already pretty dang close to an elite, anyways. Yeah, I, I mean that that's the one that pops out most to me is Jimmy King, but uh, dude, another one I, I would love to have Captain Insano. <laughs> Captain Insano, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> or you could do the uh, the giant and jingle all the way, man, with the big Santa Claus pants and suspenders on. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Dude, but can you imagine getting a Captain Insano figure for the SDCC exclusive? <laughs> like, I just feel like people would get a kick out of it and buy it just because it's him. We would need Bobby Boucher along with it, man. I think you got to find a way to get a Bobby Boucher elite out there alongside. We it. would also need Big Show to come back to WWE, which is not happening. So, yeah. Um. So you know, there's been actors like uh like Adam Sandler and like Jim Carrey who traditionally do comedies and over the top roles who who take a dramatic turn and, and get some real critical acclaim. Do you see that happening at some point for the Hulkster? Is there is there a big dramatic? Academy Award winning performance in the Hulkster's future. Oh God, no, no. I mean, Hulk Hogan, even in the nineties when he was acting, I mean, was it really like high quality acting? No, it was just, he's just a, a figure. And I mean, he is a charismatic guy, but no, it, it's not happening. Dude, something that kind of just randomly popped in my mind. I hadn't really thought about it till now. And it was just running through my head. Have we seen Hulk since he hosted WrestleMania 37 down in Tampa? Nope. I has he has he been on WWE TV since I, then? I think that was his last appearance in WWE. Yeah. I think what what if that really is the last time he was on WWE TV was dressed up as a pirate with Titus O'Neil? <laughs> that would be the greatest story arc in the history of wrestling. Because he got booed pretty hard when he came out that night in Tampa, man, which is pretty bad because if anywhere should be warm to the Hulkster, it should be Tampa. That's basically like his home base nowadays, man, Tampa and Orlando. So pretty sad state of affairs. But, you know, I'm not going to shed any tears for the Hulkster. He's he's made his bed. Um, someone who came up alongside uh Along behind Hulk, who's had a lot more success, John Cena. Um, I've really enjoyed him in pretty much every movie I've seen outside of like the WWE produced stuff like, you know, the Marine saga. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Cena's movie career, Jordan? Yeah, dude, I, I like Cena a lot. I just it fits him like he he looks like a movie star. Um, 
Yeah, he's done a really good job. Trainwreck is probably my favorite Cena movie. I love that movie. I just think it's hilarious. Um, or no, not Trainwreck. What the hell is the name of the movie? Hold on. You say your piece on John Cena. Trainwreck was the one with Amy Schumer. Yeah, it's not the one I'm thinking of. You thinking of uh, Blockers? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny, dude. He's always been a really funny guy. And the other thing, dude, like we know he's like the hardest working, most professional guy there is in the biz. So I'm sure that's why it's been so easy for him to book these movie gigs. I'm sure like, you know, I can't imagine anybody that's like worked with him really having anything bad to say because he's just such a good dude. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan, man. I, I hope he I hope he goes more in like the the comedic route. You know, I, I feel like that's really where his strengths at, like doing some of the stuff like The Rock was doing when he was first starting off his uh his career, man, because he's such a funny guy, you know. Hey, do you? I'm uh, about to blow your mind. You ready for this? Let's hear it. What is John Cena's first credited movie role? Don't look it up. It's got to be the Marine, right? You are incorrect. His first—he's not credited in this movie, but he's in it. He is in Ready to Rumble as a gym patron. Are you shitting me? I'm dead serious. I just looked it up. So does that mean that he was in WCW? Oh, we've unlocked the forbidden door, my friend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what did you think of his turn as uh, Dom Toretto's brother in the Fast Saga? I didn't like that, dude. I just, I don't know, man. Like you said, dude, he's so much better in a comedic role. Blockers, is he's just funny that way, dude. He has a dry humor, and I, I, I just like him in that role. I was not a fan of him in Fast and Furious. It just seems so obvious as like, yeah, it just seemed like such an obvious of like, well, the rock's not going to do these anymore. We got to get, we got to get Cena in here to take his place, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a good person to, um, pivot to just cause Cena is a really good actor. I mean, he does a good job with, with the roles he's given. I just didn't love him in the fast and the furious movies. We don't need him and the rock in those movies. Like maybe it'll be better when the rocks officially out of those movies. When they get peacemaker to- was peacemaker was really cool too, man. I wouldn't oh, mind yeah. seeing Cena do another uh, TV series. That that's phenomenal. Like, uh, him in the second suicide squad and then the peacemaker series was phenomenal. I, I, I really did enjoy that. Another thing we got to mention while we're giving Cena his flowers right now, dude's an awesome voice actor, man. There's so many times I'm watching TV and a commercial comes on. I'm like, hey, that's John Cena talking. Yeah, dude. And I mean, one of his bigger roles, I I think this is probably one of his biggest money makers is when he was Ferdinand. I mean, dude, kids movies sell. Kids movies sell, (laughs) man. Kids movies do sell, dude. Yeah. Kids movies definitely sell for sure. Um We'll save it for the end. I was going to go in on the Rock's career, but we're going to save the Rock for the end of these. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Roddy Piper, man, for the the King of Frogtown. Yeah, Roddy Piper is a bit of a mixed bag for me, honestly. I mean, I obviously enjoy They Live, but as far as like anything else, I, I don't know, man. It's a lot of his movies aren't my favorite. I, I love They Live. Him is not as great, but I don't know, man. Just not much else for me on the on him. Yeah, you know, he's got Body Slam, Hell Comes to Frogtown, They Live was the big iconic one. I did, I I think he suffered from being a pro wrestler. I think he was a good actor, man. I think he was naturally funny, had all the charisma in the world. I think that he just was, I, I don't think like Hollywood could ever really see him as anything other than a wrestler. You know what I mean? I, I think if he would have like been strictly an actor, I think he probably could have had a little bit better career, but then again, maybe he never would have even gotten cast in something if he didn't have that WWE stardom on him, you know? Yeah. And, and like we said at the beginning, it was a different time. Like the eighties were a different time for wrestlers being in movies. Like there wasn't near as much, um, there wasn't near as much cinematic stuff going on. Like it was just you in the movie and the green screen. Like there, there wasn't much to it in the eighties. So. All right. Another eighties icon that made a big name in the movies, Andre the giant. He gave us definitely the best of the, the Hollywood line from Mattel with that Bigfoot figure from, uh, what was that from the, uh, $6 billion man, right? Yep. 
Yeah, and then he was also in he was he in Conan, and then the Princess Bride was his real iconic role as a uh, as Fezzik. Yeah, that is for me. That is by far his his biggest claim to fame was Fezzik. I love that's still a great movie to me. Um, but yeah, another guy that dude. I mean, he's just like made for that kind of role. Like he's just such a big menacing dude, and it's just cool to see him that way. So. Yeah, definitely Princess Bride for me, for him. Yeah, he's a big menacing guy, but he's kind of got that just natural sweetness to him. You know what I mean? I think that's really what kind of uh, what made him such a natural for for Hollywood, especially for, uh, you know, uh, Princess Bride. He was also in the music video for The Goonies Are Good Enough, which bums me out because I wish that they would have found a way to get him in that actual movie. That's probably like my all time favorite movie. Yeah, Goonies are awesome. Yeah, I was basically the year I was born. But yeah, looking at his career, he was in the greatest action. So he had, he did a lot of TV, man. A whole lot. He was in, again, like we mentioned, the $6 billion man, BJ and the bear, the fall guy, greatest American hero. But yeah, for actual, you know, he was actually uncredited when he was in Conan the destroyer. That's pretty weird. Cause hmm. 1984, he's already a huge worldwide star at that point. Didn't he have like, wasn't there some movie? Maybe I'm remembering this wrong. Didn't he have a movie release after he died? Yeah, so I have zero knowledge. This could be a freaking porno for all I know. But <laughs> looking on his Wikipedia page, he was in a movie called Trading Mom that came in and out in 1994 after uh, after he passed away. He played the circus strongman in that movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. If what anybody that is. out there has seen Trading Mom, reach out to us and let us know, man, because I have zero recollection. The film made three hundred nineteen thousand dollars at the box office, so I don't think anybody saw this. Actually, maybe it didn't hit the box office. Maybe it was just at your local porn barn. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good porn barn. Um, somebody else who's had some success over the last ten years. So Batista, the animal, Dave Batista. Uh, is a, another really funny guy. I think is, I mean, is it overstating it to call his role as Drax the Destroyer iconic at this point? No, not overstating it at all. Dude, talk about a guy that just fell into an absolutely perfect role and just made it his. I mean, dude, that guy, I mean, Grant, the rock has the fast franchise, but dude, if you're a wrestler, there's no better place to be than the Marvel universe. Cause I mean, there's wrestling nerds and them checks, yeah, baby. There's wrestling nerds and there's comic book nerds and they are head to head on who spends the most money. So, yeah, dude, he uh, made a very good decision getting that role. So good for him. Yeah, it's I mean, dude, there anybody involved in the, the MCU right now is going to be cashing checks for the rest of our life off the royalties and merch and everything. You know, all these DVDs are going to get re-released like 18 different times, man. Um, and he's just funny, man. He's just a really, really funny guy. I think he's embraced just being, you know, a, a straight up action hero. That seems looking at his, um, you know, looking at his filmography, that's pretty much all he's doing. And that's totally fine, dude. I'm all about, you know, Batista, go get that money, man. Dude, my, um, my family loved my spy. I, I liked that movie too. I thought it was really good. What's his, uh, give us the, 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 the 30 second elevator pitch on my spy. So there's like a, he's, he's basically a spy that is living in an apartment building undercover and a girl find like a young girl finds out and basically the people that he's trying to catch are then trying to kill her. So he protects her, but it, it's excellent. It's definitely a good family movie to watch. Cool, man. I'll definitely keep that in mind if I see it pop up on, uh, on streaming because my kids are getting to, just getting to where they'll watch some uh, some live action stuff. It's good. You, you guys will like it. If Body Slam was kind of the peak of wrestlers in movies in the 80s and Raider Rumble was the peak in, you know, the 90s slash 2000, I think Longest Yard definitely takes the cake for the last couple of decades, man. We had so many wrestlers in this movie in the Adam Sandler remake in 2005. Uh, you know, Steve Austin plays a just despicable <laughs> prison guard, man. It's crazy seeing Steve Austin heal off. You got Goldberg in there, Kevin Nash, uh, great Collie. Uh, and it's just a, it's a pretty good movie, man. I, I enjoyed the, the Longest Yard remake. How dare you not mention Bob Sapp when you're talking about the greats? Like, Bob Sapp's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, I, I like this movie a lot, honestly. Like, I know a lot of people the older generation didn't like this movie because they just felt like it wasn't as good as the original. I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, 
I mean, me and Ari still watch. I, we probably watch this a couple times a year, honestly, because it's on TV all the time. And every time it's on, I can't really turn away. So, yeah, the, this is definitely the 2000s uh, best wrestling movie. I mean, not about wrestling, but you know what I mean. I, uh, I, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny, man. It was it was used in such a negative light in the movie, but it's become almost an iconic soundbite. Literally, any time over the last five years that Christian McCaffrey makes a badass play, it's just that's reflective on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, they pop up that clip of Steve Austin. That's how the white man runs the football. So I feel like, you know, Christian McCaffrey, when he does his Hall of Fame speech eventually, he definitely owes it to Stone Cold because he's – that that clip has added a little bit of juice to every big play that uh, CMC has made in the last six years. So, uh, yes, I, I feel like Steve Austin, man. I don't know what happened with his career, dude. He's talked about on his podcast that he thinks he just made some poor decisions, like taking whatever the quickest check was instead of waiting around for some good stuff. Because I've always enjoyed seeing him on the screen in the movies, man. Am I crazy for thinking Steve Austin's always been good anytime he's been in a movie? He's definitely not bad. I, I don't know if I'd consider him a good actor, but I mean, he's at least enjoyable when you're watching him. So I, I don't think you're crazy. He's he's at the very least enjoyable in his roles. So I enjoyed uh, The Departed. You remember that one? It was basically like The Hunger Games, but for convicts. Yeah, that was a good movie, too. I think that was a WWE production. Um Let's go. We, we we had favorite wrestler cameos on on the the format. I think we've kind of covered most of those just in our discussion so far. Let's talk about The Rock, man. So this is an interesting one because I, you, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point he's kind of the biggest movie star in the world. But I still feel like, despite all the money he's made, I feel like his career is a little bit of a disappointment, at least from like a critical aspect. Man, how, how do you feel overall about The Rock's career so far, Jordan? I would honestly agree with that. I mean, as much as he's done and as many movies as he's been in, like, I mean, yeah, he's in the Fast series and those are what they are. I mean, people love those movies. But, like, dude, outside of that, like, what are we pointing at for The Rock's, like, big career achievement in acting? Like, I'm, I mean, seriously, I'm asking that question. Like, what are we pointing at? Dude, the thing is, man... It's it's tough, dude. You can't really uh, it's hard. It's hard to criticize. Right. Because the dude's making generational wealth. Right. Like and yeah, if I got a chance to, to you know, cash these checks where my grandkids aren't going to have to worry about money, then, yeah. Why do I care what the critics think? But when we've seen him take more interesting career choices, he's been excellent. Right. Like when he uh, what was it when he was in uh be cool. And when yeah. he was in like pain and gain, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. dude, he was really funny and he could do it. Um, some of the earlier stuff when he was just getting started, like the rundown with Sean William Scott and Christopher Walken. I, I thought that was a that great movie. movie. Walking yeah, tall is phenomenal. Yeah. Walking tall was really good. Even the Scorpion King was cool. Um, but it seems like now he's just the straight up, like big budget, big explosion, just, you know, the most simplistic stuff possible. Uh, and it's just cash and checks, you know? I mean, he, he's the same person in every movie he's in. I feel like his movies with Kevin Hart are probably some of his better movies at this point, just because there is some comedy in them. But, I, I, spoiler alert, I have not seen Black Adam. I know that's like uh, sacrilege for me, considering I see all like the comic book movies right away. DC movies just don't do it for me, though. I mean, I will watch it, but... I mean, yeah, you got Jumanji. Those are good movies. Nothing like overly great. Uh, like I said, all the Fast and Furious, Rampage, Skyscraper. I mean, all these movies are the same exact role that he's playing. Like, there's nothing different about any of these movies. The next movie he has coming up is Shazam, Fury of the Gods. So, yeah, it's just I, I just feel like he's doing the same role in everything. I mean, he was great in Moana, but that's a voice actor. I mean, that movie's good, but. Yeah, I mean, that was probably like his best thing, dude. He was really good in Moana. Um, and I thought he, I enjoyed him in Ballers. You know, Ballers, the that plot was line was kind of all over the place, but I thought his performances was always really good. I just, I don't know, man. It feels like he's just such an industry. He's like a one-man industry at this point that I don't know if it's, if it's going to change anytime soon, you know? This might be a hot take, but I think his best role to me, like my favorite movie that he's in is Gridiron Gang. I love that movie. 
Yeah, he was good on that one, man. That that's kind of like a sleeper for like really good football movies. That was definitely a good one. I probably still go, dude. I probably go Walking Tall, man. I really like that movie, dude. I I'm a big fan. This is kind of like one of the reasons why I think I like Peanut Butter Falcon so much, and you knew I would. I love like small stories in movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My I don't my movies don't always have to be like the world is going to end if this guy doesn't, you know, defuse this nuclear bomb or whatever. I'm all about like, just like the small, like, you know, like local stories and stuff, which I mean, walking tall was still pretty crazy, but it was, it was still like a small town action movie, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, he is a good actor. It's just, there's just so much of the same role over and over. All right, so now that we have successfully diagnosed the issues with the uh, the current biggest movie star in the world's career, Jordan, you ready for some listener mail? Let's do it. All right, we opened up the mailbag. We told the premium Foley fan members to hit us with, it could be anything movie related or just, you know, any questions that they got on their mind that they want to hear the, uh, the Pod Warriors express feelings on. So we're going to kick it off with Sam Bro. He says, I'd love to hear y'all's opinion on Logan Paul winning the belt. I think it'd piss off traditional wrestling fans, but imagine the huge audience he would pull in, especially younger fans from his social media following. Uh, I'll let you take this one first, Jordan. I'm not denying the fact that it would pull in some people if they did it, but dude, if if they end Roman Reigns' run with Logan Paul, I, I think the whole run was worthless at that point. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing you're going to feel the exact same way. They they cannot end it with a part time dude. There's just it, they just cannot. I, I just don't yeah. see that being the thing they can do. I, I agree. I see the temptation there, man. Just because you would bring it to my balls, but I feel like it'd be temporary, right? Like Logan Paul's following. They tune in while he's champ. I don't know how many of them are going to stick around once he's gone. And dude, this is the WWE Championship, man. You've got it at a place right now where it's the most important championship in the world of. Oh, professional wrestling and you're having this historic reign like why would you devalue it with a uh you know a celebrity winning because i'm sure if he won it he wouldn't hold it for longer than a month um just look at wcw and david arquette i do think logan paul is a, a better wrestler and you know i'd say he's a legit professional wrestler from the performances we've seen so far but he's not taking the belt off Roman. and if you want to give him some fluke intercontinental or u.s championship reign i could stomach that a little bit more but if if this idea has been brought up in the WWE creative meetings, I'm praying that it got shut down very quickly. Let's go to Brian Vermeer, the current uh, Chick Foley Rumble champion, which we're probably going to be running another one of those this month. He says, why do you think wrestlers are so drawn to movies and not just acting in general? I know Big Show had a sitcom and it was not great, but why are more wrestlers not trying to get TV shows or be on Broadway? To be honest, man, I, I really don't know. Um, outside of like The Rock and Cena and those guys, I mean, usually when a wrestler's in a movie, it, it generally sounds like it's a pretty quick rap for them, right? It sounds like it's a couple weeks, maybe a month, and then they're done. Um, I got to imagine a TV sitcom, there, there's got to be a lot that goes into that. I mean, that's got to be more than a month. I mean, that's got to be a few months, depending on how many episodes it is, so... I would guess the time constraints would be the biggest thing for them. Um, as far as like retired wrestlers, I mean, I, I honestly couldn't answer that. I mean, it seems like a perfect segue for them to go into like TV and things like that. But yeah, Edge know, was man. on Vikings for a while. You know, yeah. it, it's been done with the retired wrestler stuff. But yeah, I, I think you know it. I think it's just a logistics thing. TV is generally longer shoots and. You know, if it's successful, it's going to be something that you're going to be repeating year after year. And I think that could be tough to work around if you're going to be a full time professional wrestler. So I really think it comes down to just logistics. Josh Ellis says, hey, I just watched Suburban Commando last week. Did you guys catch the Ghostbusters PKE meter making an appearance in the movie? I guess they used the same props house. I never noticed that before. I, I have not watched that movie in like 25 years, but I feel like as a kid, I was completely obsessed with Ghostbusters and I definitely would have noticed that. Did, did you know that was a thing, Jordan? I did not until just now, so I'll have to go back and watch it. I probably haven't seen that movie since I was 10 years old, so yeah, I'll go back and watch it again. Yeah, Josh, man, we need some follow-up, dude. Hit us with a uh, hit us with a timestamp where we can uh, get a screenshot or something off that, because that definitely is pretty cool if we got the Ghostbusters crossing paths with, uh, with Hulk Hogan. You mean crossing streams? 
Oh, I like what you did there, man. <laughs> I found the screenshot. It it's definitely a thing. If you go on uh if you just search Suburban Commando Ghostbusters, uh you'll see it right there. And it also looks like they use the Ghost Finders in They Live. So some other some more wrestling crossover. You know, that was Roddy Piper's most famous movie. So yeah, I guess uh I'm I'm guessing those things weren't cheap to to gin up in the eighties and they said we're gonna get our money's worth out of these things. Yeah. All right, Brian Topley says you can only watch one movie starring a wrestler for the rest of time. All the rest of the movies got erased. What are you picking? Uh, I'll pick Avengers Endgame. Um, I, I love that movie. That's probably one of my favorite movies ever made, and it just happens that it has Batista in it, so I'll go with that. I'm going to take the most liberal definition of starring as possible. I'm going back to the early 90s and I'm picking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze because Big Daddy Cool, Big Sexy, Kevin Nash played Super Shredder. Hmm, good choice. Thank you. I thought you'd like that one. I did like that Jordan's one. Jordan's best friend, Tony Barker, says, what was the best movie you watched featuring a wrestler and what was the mo- what was the worst? I mean, I just answered what the best one was, so um, I'll stick with that. Uh, the worst... Man, the Marine 2 is really bad. That's the one with Ted DiBiase, right? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I I'm pretty sure it is. I'm, I'm nearly Marine, positive. Uh, I, I'm going go, to go with that because I'm nearly positive that's the one with Ted DiBiase and that movie is garbage. Um, Best movie. There was wrestler cameos in The Wrestler, right? With Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, Ernest the Cat Miller's in that. So I'll probably go with Ernest that for the, the best. His, Ernest Miller's his last opponent. Yeah, for worst, I'm probably going uh, that Three Ninjas Assault on Devil's Mountain or whatever it is with Mega Hulk Hogan. I, I was big in that Mega Mountain. Yeah, there you go. I was uh, I was big in the uh, the Three Ninjas Extended Cinematic Universe as a kid. I just loved those movies um, with Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum. And uh, I remember being super hyped that the Hulkster was going to get involved with the series, and it was just a huge letdown. The first two Three Ninjas movies are awesome. Oh yeah, they're really good, dude. Uh, all right, Zach Hertzler, you're going to take this from Jordan. Who is the best WWE Marine? Going the original, man. I'm going John Cena. I feel like those movies, every single one of them took a step back after the John Cena one. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just because they got more and more hokey as it went on. So I'll go with Cena as the best Marine. All right. Zach Hertzer also says, favorite TV show that had a wrestler who made a cameo? I mean, this is an easy one. It's Boy Meets World when Vader was on there. Dude. I'm torn, man. I love that one. And then uh, you remember King Kong Bundy was in Married with Children, dude, play, playing himself. And then it, he originally was playing himself. And then it was revealed that he was actually Peg's brother. Uh, and, and I, dude, I love Married with Children. That's in my like top five or six favorite shows ever. So I, I got to give the nod to Married with Children, man, over uh, over Boy Meets World. But yeah, the, the Vader episode of Boy Meets World is really, really good as well. Definitely go out of your way to check out both of those. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Adrian Gonzalez, who would be a great first time actor? Dude, I would go Bray, honestly. That dude already does enough like cinematic stuff, and that dude's mind is already so out there. I feel like that dude in horror movies would just be awesome. Um, I, I just feel like he could do something really awesome, so I'll go Bray. Yeah, that's a good pick, man. Um, I think I think Seth could do something, bro. I think Seth's pretty charismatic, man. I could see him having a, you know, if you gave him the right role, I could see him being like a good bad guy in a movie, you know? That was my second choice, actually, so I'm glad you picked that. All right, that is a wrap for the Pod Warriors Go Hollywood. Um, let Give us some feedback. Let us know what you guys thought of this episode and let us know what topics you want to hear us tackle uh, down the road. we got a few things sketched out, but obviously nothing is uh, written in stone. We'll be back early next week with the regular Chick Foley show, uh, giving our thoughts and reviews on Crown Jewel and where we're headed for Full Gear and Survivor Series. Jordan, you got any closing thoughts for us? We are on the road to Christmas, baby.